All right, we just, we're getting right to it, I guess. Let's do it. Let's do it. Who needs an All intro? Right, the right, music that I picked didn't play. Sorry about it that. Does, well, listen. I mean, maybe uh, the the legal the legal people came down and said, "Don't ever use that Bradford show open again." It's okay, Ethan. It's all good because we're we're shot out of a cannon here at the Ford Fenway Clubhouse Studios. My, got my man Joe Weil here. I, I, man, Joe, I, I I keep now that you told me how you spell your name, uh, don't do that to me. All right, Joe Weil. All right. Joe's here. I'm here. Sean McDonough. I mean, Sean McDonough. Sean McAdam, who wrote the franchise, a curated history of the Red Sox. It's going to come down a little bit later. And I, I look forward to Sean coming down here because, for a lot of reasons, to talk about his book, but also because Tristan Cass has called, got called up. And Sean and I have been around long enough to see a lot of these guys get called up. And there's a lot of different scenarios, a lot of different circumstances. There's a lot of different um, types of guys and guys being nervous and, and and, and or being counted on more. And I'm so I'm really anxious to, to break that down with Sean. And Sean's also going to tell us what Cora, Alex Cora says with the media session, which is going to go on in a few minutes. But and up until then, and we'll also, by the way, a big treat for you, big treat. So I ran into the clubhouse, got my recorder out, and I'm going to give you all eight minutes of the Tristan Cassis media session from earlier today. In case you didn't know, I, I've mentioned Tristan Cassis twice. He's been called up. Tristan Cassis has been called up to the Boston Red Sox. We've been waiting, 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 waiting. Bobby Dahlbeck obviously gets sent down. Tristan Cassis is also, uh, according to him, I haven't seen a lineup yet. Joe, have we seen a lineup out yet? No? No, not yet? I haven't seen it yet. No, okay. But, well, we'll have to take his word for it. He said he's playing first base, starting at first base, and hitting six. All right, so we're going to break this down uh, before we get to the sound. And Cassis was pretty entertaining talking to the media in the clubhouse. Like I said, we'll get to you uh, after the trending. But with, with, when it comes to Tristan Cassis, I've got a chance to be around him. Not a lot. I mean, obviously, he came here when he was drafted, took BP, hit bombs with J.D. Martinez. That was 2018, and you'll hear him talking about that, how that seems like a lifetime ago. All right, that was 2018. He gets hurt pretty early on in his career, and then he, he comes back. He has all kinds of different stances. When you saw him in spring training, I'm like, how does this guy hit? Like, he's so spread out, such an enormous guy. And then they were playing him at third base early on, and I'm like, how is this guy going to play third base? Which, of course, he really wasn't, but he came up as a third baseman. He was drafted as a third baseman, but everyone knew he was going to land at first base. And then, obviously, he go through all these different levels, including Team USA. He t- I, I did a podcast with him. And by the way, way since this is the Bradfoe Show, I encourage everybody to go to the Bradfoe Show, subscribe, listen, review, all of that good stuff. We read a red hot, uh, and we're going to have a great week. But we had him on the Bradfoe Show a couple of years ago, and he had long hair. And he said, you know, I grew up the long hair because my dad told me that that's what Red Sox players do. They have long hair. And I think he was referencing 2004, 2013, all of that. But he's an interesting guy. And if you don't believe me, so I'm, I, do, I do the media session in the clubhouse, talk to Cassis. Now I got to come down to the Ford Fenway Clubhouse Studios here. And we're getting ready for the show. Uh, thanks to KJ and Dundero for having a great show leading up to this. So I'll, just as I'm leaving the field, I see Jerry Familia throwing uh, out in the bullpen. I mean, I'm sorry, out in the outfield. He's throwing. And then I see someone else, the only person out there in the entire outfield, the only person there was a guy who was just in shorts, no shirt, no shoes, that's it. And that was Tristan Cassis. I'm like, wait, who is that? 
Like, first of all, I haven't seen, I, I can honestly say this, I have never seen a Major League Baseball player go out to the outfield, take off his shirt, take off his shoes, and just sort of like, you're almost like sunbathing. The closest I can think of is Terry Francona used to do it on the road every once in a while. But Tristan Cassis, the first day in the Major Leagues, goes out to the outfield, and he's out there. And I think what he's doing, and we'll have to talk to him about it at another time, but, you know, remember the Adam Adamantino thing, the earthing. Remember, they, they got into the whole taking your shoes off, feeling the ground. I feel like that's what he was doing. And you could go to my Twitter account, at Bradfo, to see a picture of, you know, there's nothing like, I'm not saying this is good or bad. I'm just like, this is something that I had not ever seen before. And this is the guy's first day in the major leagues. So I think that tells you, A, a couple of things. Let's, let's, get, uh, let's, let's take a deep dive into this. This tells you, A, that he's very secure in his own skin, figuratively and literally. All right, he's secure in his own skin. He's been doing this in Worcester. Just because he's at Fenway Park doesn't mean he's going to get out of his routine. He's going to do something uh, or not do something that he had been doing. Good for him. Good for Tristan Cassis. Also, it tells you that like he's a thinker, right? This guy isn't just cookie cutter. This guy is a thinker. You can hear when we play the interview, you can hear him talk and you can get that vibe from him that he does have a personality, that he is, he is a pretty witty guy, all that. And, and obviously, everybody has been looking forward to Tristan Cassis coming up. Everybody. Everybody has been talking about it. When is he going to do it? We thought it was going to be June. He has the ankle injury. That takes a couple months. And anyway, boom, he lands here after having a really, really good last month. Good for him. But it is going to be really fascinating to get to know Tristan Cassis a little bit more beyond just what we saw in spring training and also see how he impacts this team. And more importantly, how much this, then looking back, how much this prepares him for next year. Like all of this is fascinating to me. And really, and I said this at the, at the outset, when you look at this guy getting called up, we have, this is probably, probably, and Joe, maybe you can help me with this. This is probably the, the most anticipated call-up since Devers. Am I wrong? I think that's a, that's a good one. I mean, we, we've been waiting for him for so long this entire season. We thought he was just going to be somebody that's going to fill this first base position that's been vacant in terms of production for a long time. Yeah, well, initially they thought they were going to do the Dahlbeck, Cassis thing. Everybody's like, oh, by June, this is what it's going to look like. Obviously, that didn't happen for various reasons. But okay, let's just go down that road. Let's say that this is the most anticipated call-up since Devers, and that's 2017. That's 2017. So you go back to when guys were called up. Bogarts in 2013. Okay, obviously that team was going... They sort of felt like they, he could be a server purpose for a pennant drive. All right, that's one scenario. That's not, not saying, hey, Xander Bogarts, you have to carry us. I mean, that team was a, was a wagon already by the time he got to the major leagues. But he was a complimentary guy, and then they obviously had to move in a third, and, and it, it didn't work out exactly like they had planned. All right, so that's Bogarts. Mookie Betts, I believe, was June 29th in 2014. By then, they were, I believe, six games under 500. The wheels were already falling off. And nobody was saying, you're calling up Mookie Betts to write the season. No. You felt like Mookie Betts is ready. Here it is. We'll go from there. All right. That, was, that fell under more of like along the lines of what we're seeing here, I think, with Cassis, which is 
we think this is the right time for this guy, not necessarily prioritizing that this is important to the record of this team. I don't think that's the case here. The Red Sox are seven and a half back. They're seven and a half back after winning all these games in a row. And you know why they haven't gained any ground? Because every team except for Minnesota in front of them are winning just as much. Every team is hot. So it is what it is. This is about 2023. So then you have, before Devers, you have Mankata. Remember Yoan Mankata? Who can forget Yoan Mankata? Oh, my goodness. I mean, and they called him up. That was the ultimate, we need your help, Yoan. We need you to play third base. We need you to be the starting third baseman on a playoff team. That was right around this time. That was the end of August, beginning of September. That was nothing like this. But believe me, when you talk about highly touted prospects, that was a big one. Ben Attendee also. Ben Attendee, another example of that. Okay? He could help. That guy is going to help a, a team that they thought was going to win. Then you get to Devers. Devers, same thing. Same thing. 2017, 2017, you have a guy who was called up who they think can actually help. Okay? So this is completely different than that. What are they expecting from Tristan Cassis? Well, we're going to have to see how much he plays. As we said, we believe he's hitting six and starting at first base today. All right, great. But still, I think this is all about 2023. And this, the, the benefit here of bringing up Tristan Cassis, and we'll get more to this. We'll talk to Sean McAdam about it. We'll listen from Trist- to Tristan Cassis. We'll hear what Alice Cora has to say. All of that. But really what this is, and I don't know what they're going to say. Maybe they say, hey, you know, that we really need a, a spark to make this run in 2022. This is about getting this guy acclimated to see if you can hit the ground running when it comes to 2023. That's what this is about. And good for them. That's what it should be about. Absolutely. You look at Connor Wong. Connor Wong two nights ago, boom. Home run. Everyone's excited. We'll see what he can do, if he can keep that going and actually be a viable guy, maybe teaming with Reese McGuire heading into next year. Brian Bayo yesterday, I don't know if you know this, but he pitched really well. I Right now, as we sit here, Brian Bayo, you would think, is a member of the starting rotation next year. That's, and so you get him experience, much like they got experience for Tanner Houck in 2020, leading into that year, all of that. So then, now you get Cassis. Cassis is a guy who is, you, I don't know how much he's going to play. You have Christian Arroyo. You have Franchi Cordero still here. You have other guys who can play first base. You can pick your spots with him, not be overmatched, not say, have a guy who is going to swing and miss all the live long day and then say, ah, sorry, we're going to keep running you out there. No, this is all about getting acclimated. And by the way, a great guy to have around is Eric Hosmer. Eric Hosmer, who everyone raves about as being a clubhouse influence, but also, I don't know if you know this, he also went to American Heritage High, which, where Tristan Cassis went. I mean, this guy is a perfect mentor. I don't know if both guys are going to be on the 2023 team, Red Sox. I don't know that. But I, and I can make the case for it. But I do know that this month, this month of having those two together, that's a big deal. Absolutely a big deal. All right, we got a lot to get to here. 617-779-7937. Red Sox, all the way up into the Red Sox pregame. This is Tristan Cassis Day. We're going to play you the Tristan Cassis media availability after the break, but first we're going to try. 
right, welcome back to the Bradford Show, live from the Ford Fenway Clubhouse Studios. I'm Rob Bradford, taking you all the way up to the pregame show where there'll be more Rob Bradford. But this is a Bradford show. Yes, you can subscribe, listen, all that good stuff almost every single day. We'll give you something on the Bradford Show podcast. Today just happens to be live on the radio or wherever you're streaming on the Odyssey app, wherever it might be. And today is Tristan Cassis Day, so we're breaking it all down. I am anxious to get some thoughts, if anybody has any, about does this change the perception the last couple of days where you have Connor Wong getting the home run, Brian Bayo, oh my goodness, like how good is he or how good can he be? And also now Tristan Cassis, the hope, the, the future, and all of that. Does that get you jacked up? a little bit more, or are you still waiting to see what they're going to do with Bogarts, with Devers? But, you know, these guys that I'm talking about probably are going to be part of the 2023 season. Well, the main guy of all these guys, Connor Wong and Brian Bayo, is Tristan Cassis. Everyone was waiting to find out when he was going to be called up. Well, here he was. We walk in the clubhouse today. There is Tristan Cassis. Chris Cotillo, good job by him. Breaking the story last night that he's being called up from Worcester. And you're going to hear from Tristan Cassis talk all about how that played out, how he found out, what his thoughts were, how far he's come. There's a lot that Tristan Cassis talked about. And as you can hear, guy with a good personality, very loose, very secure in himself. I already made the reference about walking out here, seeing Tristan Cassis lay down in the outfield, shirtless, shoeless, just like he's at the beach, earthing or whatever he's doing, but that's his thing. And to be secure enough to go to the major leagues and say, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing, to me, that's a subtle good sign. Anyway, we sat down with Tristan Cassis in the clubhouse earlier today. Here's what he said. It's been everything I've imagined so far. I'm um, excited to take the field for the first time, uh, you know, playing in Fenway. So um, it's been exciting. Uh, get that call yesterday, talk to AC on the phone. It, was, it all felt pretty surreal. Who's the first person you called and, and let him know pops. that you're making this big My pops, of course. Sorry, i got to wait for you to put that on me yeah. on the first day. Um, <laughs> no, my pops, yeah. I called him and, I, you know, as soon as the words came out of my mouth, I uh, broke down in tears. I told him, I was like, uh, yeah, it's coming true. When did, when did they tell you? Was it before the Worcester game that you didn't play in or, or after? After. I teased Trace about it. I was like, hey, why aren't I in the lineup? I know I got 20, 20-something straight played, but uh, I want to be in there. And he's like, no, don't worry. You just needed a day. I was like, uh, all right. Uh, I trust you, Trace. So uh, he told me after the game, yeah. Did they have a good announcement? Like, you know, like some of these other guys? Or did he have you going a little bit? Nah, he kept it real straightforward. He's like, how you feeling? I was like, uh, I'm a little bummed that I didn't play today, but we won 9-0, so uh, weird. But uh, he just told me, he's like, uh, yeah, I just wanted, wanted you to be rested for tomorrow when you play in Fenway. I was like, uh, got it. <laughs> nice. And then Alex called you soon after? Yeah, Alex uh, was my uh, one of my first calls after, and uh, he just told me to be myself and that he's excited to, to uh, see what I got to, uh, to display. Yeah, family coming up. Tristan didn't have their time to get here. Uh, not today. No, they they they're gonna come join me in Tampa um, next week. Thankfully, I'm making the trip, and it's not just one day. So uh, yeah, they're gonna come see me then. You go look back to when you were hitting here after you were drafted at Fenway. Does that seem like a long time? It seems like a lifetime ago. Honestly, I uh, I was here for the outside in 2020. I didn't really get to see the inside of the clubhouse. So the last time I got to see the clubhouse was 2018, uh, that day when I came here. So yeah, it feels like a really long time ago. What's today been like since you got here? Uh, it's 
hasn't hasn't been too eventful. Uh, I just got a tour of the place, uh, ate some breakfast, uh, got everything settled in my locker, about to work out and get ready for the game. But uh, nothing so far, nothing too much. Tristan, how much do you hope that the Olympic experience and playing with some of the big league guys maybe will help you with this transition? Yeah, definitely meeting some big league guys uh, was fun. I, I didn't really have any uh, major league uh, teammate experience up to that point, so. That was fun getting around some some pretty accoladed guys, and um, I, don't, I think it'll be a little different. I think uh, not playing in front of fans will be a little different to, than today, but um, definitely playing in that type of pressure situation uh, hopefully prepared me for, for what today is going to be like. Have you been in touch with Hosmer at all? Yeah, I talked to him a little while ago. He texted me uh, shortly after I got the call. So. Uh, He's really excited for me. I'm really excited to get to learn from him. And he met me in uh, AC's office when uh, Mr. Cora was giving me the rundown about um, the way we go about things here. And uh, he met me in there. He was really excited for me. You've been hitting really well, uh, Tristan, since he came back from the, from the injury. Uh, you know, what's kind of led to the success you've had in last month or so? Yeah, I think uh, everything that I've always harped on, uh, just controlling the zone, uh, staying within myself, staying disciplined. Uh, just controlling what I can control, and uh, you know, just swinging at the right pitches, trying to do damage on every swing. What, what do you think this ballpark represents to you in terms of the opportunity from the hitting standpoint? I think it's going to fit right into my game. I think uh, my poolside, uh, my poolside home runs go plenty far enough to go over the bullpen, and I think uh, my opposite field hits are going to go off the monster pretty frequently. So I think it's going to play great into my swing, great into my game. I'm, ex I'm excited to get consistent at bats and uh, see what kind of numbers I get to put up. What, what has Alex told you about what to expect in terms of playing time and how often you'll be in there? Uh, nothing so far. Nothing as much as playing time. Um, nothing as much as, as how long I'm going to be here past next uh, road trip. So I'm um, just taking it day by day. Do you know if you'll be playing today? Yep, batting, uh, batting six, playing first. So it's pretty cool. How much, how much more ready are you now than even coming out of spring training? Um, night and day, night and day. I mean, I've made so many adjustments uh, from spring training to now. Um, it's a constant work in progress, so uh, it's never going to be a finished product. But uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a different hitter than I was in spring training, uh, but uh, still the same at the same time. Did that, did that ankle injury hang around longer than you thought it was going to? Yeah, definitely. I think I have a, a pretty high t pain tolerance, so we all kind of underestimated it as a whole staff. Um, I, right after it happened, I stayed in the game, you know, for the next couple innings. So we kind of thought that it may not have, you know, been as worse as we thought, and uh, it ended up taking 10 weeks to get perfect. So I'm, I'm glad I took my time because uh, it feels good as new now. Do you think without that, you might have been here? No. No, I, I think uh, my timing was perfect. I think uh, it took exactly the amount of time that I uh, anticipated. When the rosters expanded last week, there, there was some speculation that you might get called up then. Uh, when you weren't, did that disappoint you? Did you think maybe that signaled that you weren't going to get up here before the end of the year? How, how did you treat that? No, not at all. I mean, I feel uh, every day is a learning experience, whether I'm here in AAA or here in the big leagues or in AAA. Um, I'm still going to get the same amount of bats, still the same amount of uh, opportunity to learn, and that's what I'm focused on, not really um, you know, where I'm at. I'm just trying to keep my head under my feet, and uh, thankfully I'm going to be uh, contributing to this team now. So that's where my focus is. Tristan, I heard your bats improved like right before the injury against left-handers, and then they 
continued that when you came back. What what kind of adjustments did you make or, or approach-wise against lefties? Yeah, I think it's all about comfort. Uh, and I have so many more at-bats against right-handed pitchers. I think once I have that or many bats uh, against lefties, uh, I'll have the same success. But I think just being a little more patient, um, you know, giving myself a second longer to see the ball. It's a different angle, so... Um, just making sure that I read rotation instead of committing too early is what I was focusing on and um, making sure that my angles are staying towards the middle of the field, not pulling off too quick, uh, off breaking balls and, and off-speed pitches. Having been here an hour, what's the coolest thing about being here so far? Probably the kitchen. Um, I don't think uh, I don't think any minor league facility has anything like that, and we didn't even get anything like that in spring training. So, um, I mean, I'm big on food as I should be. I mean, I, I everybody eats four or five times a day. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to see what kind of meals they uh, they put together up there. So you said you had breakfast. Yeah. What did you have? Uh, I had them. I had them make me some avocado toast with some eggs and a little ground turkey. So that's what I had. Such an important Hopefully question. it's got hits. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> such, a, such an important question. Yeah. Tristan, yeah. <laughs> uh, how much do you have with this little time now to get acclimated, just kind of going into the off season, so maybe you have a little bit of an idea what to expect. Yeah, I think as, as baseball players, we're all pretty routine-oriented, so getting a feel for um, the facility, getting a feel for uh, the timing of everything, I think it's going to be important going into next year. So I'm glad I got to get up here for a pretty extended amount of time and, and uh, really harp on those things, uh, you know, that are going to get ready, get me ready for the game. I think in the, in the last calendar year, you probably played for, I don't know, five or six, four or five different teams, you know, with the Portland and Arizona and Worcester and the Olympics and everything else. Is this, you know, how that will travel? You go where you got to go and you play? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's it's just the same game everywhere. Uh, the only thing that changes is the amount of people that watch uh, and how big the stadium is. Uh, I think uh, even though baseball is such a team sport, um, it's very individually oriented. So I just do my part, and, and uh, I feel like I make every team better than I'm on. You're getting pretty good at joining a new team and figuring stuff out. I mean, you've done a lot of that the last year or so. Yeah, hopefully uh, I don't have to do that for the rest of my career. But uh, uh yeah, it's, it's been a whirlwind to get to this one right now. Oh, my goodness. What an interview. What an interview. What a media session we had with, uh, with young Tristan Cassis. So we had basically uh, a lot to get through. We had him, how far he's come. We've had, uh, most importantly, I think the best question, no, no question about it, was what's the thing that jumped out at you in the, in the last hour? Last being in a major league clubhouse for one exactly one hour, what is the thing that jumped out at you? Pause, pause, pause. The kitchen. There you go. The kitchen. Who doesn't like a good egg white omelet? A major league. Those egg white omelets. They taste a whole lot better. They taste a whole lot better when you're a major leaguer and a minor leaguer. Well, speaking of major leaguers, Sean hit the red button. There you go. All right, Sean McAdam. I'm having some bad flashbacks right now. It's been a while. Uh, I spent uh, a lot of time in the studio. That's Lou Berloni over there, and that's Steve Buckley over I there. I know exactly where <laughs> I am. Uh, listen, Sean McAdam, uh, I am holding the book in my hand, the franchise, the curated history of the Red Sox. So we, we, got, we got a lot of time to get to that. There's a lot I want to pick through in terms of 
the the whole book. It's an excellent book, and I know it's doing very, very well. Everyone's going to want to check that out. Amazon rankings are the best, Sean, right? Uh, we'll, we'll invent a category that you can, you can be the leader in. <laughs> well, listen, in my book... Most, uh, well, the, the, the category is... Baseball franchises that predate World War One and <laughs> histories thereof. I'm 14 there. Well, today's I just looked it up. Today's category is baseball franchises that, that call up big first base, big, six foot four first baseman whose first order of business is to walk on the field is take his shirt off. Yeah, I uh, I, I just asked Dennis Eckersley if if Tristan Casas was a man after his own. Oh heart. yeah. Right, and he said, "I don't think even I would be bronzing on day one." <laughs> Have you? So this this is we're gonna get a lot, a lot to a lot, a lot about a lot, and, and I, including you just came from Alex Cora, but I said this, Sean. I don't. I remember Franconi used to do it right on the road. Yes, I don't think at home. I don't think at home. I he used to go out and, and sunbathe, take his shirt off, and sit in the outfield. I don't think I ever saw a major leaguer do it, like ca- how aggressively Cassis would do it. Yeah, and, and on day one, you know, he, <laughs> he has hit the ground running. Um, I'm told uh, Joe McDonald, who we both know uh, from the Worcester Telegram and Gazette, said this is pretty much an everyday routine for him at AAA, that he would go out in the afternoon, take his shirt off, enjoy the sun, and just be at one with uh, with Mother Nature. And I guess... The fact that he's now in a big league environment, that's not going to change. I think it's encouraging, don't you? Yeah, it it, it shows that, I mean, it's unorthodox. And uh, as I said, uh, as I reported in my tweet, there was one Red Sox veteran who said, are you bleeping kidding me when he came out of the dugout and saw the scene? So um, it may may take a few guys by surprise. I think that, you know, there is still kind of a stodginess to Major League Baseball where – uh, some are going to look at that askance a little bit, but um, I, I think it it sends the message that he is not intimidated by his surroundings, that he's going to continue to do what made him uh, successful and comfortable throughout his minor league journey. and And I think if you're the Red Sox, that's a good sign. It it, it says he's not, uh, you know, in awe of this new level and that he's going to be himself. So good for him. I think that, and it's also we could get maybe morph this into the conversation about the book, uh, the franchise, the curated history of the Red Sox that Sean McAdam wrote, um, about how things have changed, right? I mean, this has been uh, a conversation that's been growing over the last couple of years is how things have changed, how uh, rookies are being viewed in the clubhouses, how just a couple of years ago it was, hey, go sit in the corner Sit in the in the media dining by yourself and don't talk to us. Right. Rookies should be seen and not heard. I mean, this this would be absolutely and I'm like to your point. Maybe it is unheard of in some people's minds anyway, but it, it also is is a microcosm of how things have changed. And and Sean, like in my mind, I don't know how you feel. It should. I mean, if a guy's called up, you need him to be a major league player, right? Yeah, and he's going to get that opportunity. I, I was a little surprised, Rob, in in our uh, daily. Uh, manager's pregame press conference that um, Alex Gore said he's going to play a lot or really maybe maybe even use the phrase mostly every day so this is not you know a platoon situation where he'll face only right-handed pitching or that he'll play a few times a week and that you'll still see Franchi Cordero and and uh, and Christian Arroyo sharing some time at first Uh, they're going to get a good look at him which I think is also the way to do this, you know, I, I mean, 
Christian Arroyo is not your first baseman of the future. It's unlikely that Franchi Cordero is your first baseman of the future, although he may have a role in this club going forward. But Tristan Casas is is the guy you're going to have playing that position a lot in the next few years. Uh, you know, maybe there's some job share with his uh, his mentor uh, in Eric Hosmer when Hosmer gets healthy. The fact that Hosmer's now on the IL certainly yeah. helped create this opportunity. And who knows what happens in spring training in the start of next year? But good, let him play. Let him get his feet wet. Let's see what he can do. It is funny because I think that maybe a day ago. And he said this a couple times. Cora said, yeah, Christian Arroyo is going to play a lot at first base. But things change, and I think you're right. If if they're going to take that route, then take that route. Then fine. As long as you're not getting blown away on fastballs all the live long day over and over and over again, then you can pick your spots a little bit more. But it, it, there's a lot to get to when it comes to this Cassis thing.